the emojis, like I said, they're sort of a code, right? And the thing that codes do is that they create like a nice little sense of complicity. And that's a pretty fuzzy feeling with mm. a group of, you know, seven men in their 20s who are very far away to have a sort of sense of... Look, almost 30. Oh, sorry. <laughs> almost 30. <laughs> Binky, thirsty, and over 30. Welcome to Afternoon Army. A safe place for grown armies to dish and discover BTS. We are four ladies who just wanted to know their names and now can explain the meaning of Lachimolala. New to Army? No problem. Come along as we explore all the important business that Bongtan throws our way. Join us on the last Tuesday of every month as we hop in the clown car and drive to the circus. And stay tuned for shorter, snack-sized episodes between hosts and various correspondents. Because one thing we know is that content, well, it just keeps on coming. Hey, everybody. This is Leah here, and I have a special guest today who I'm really excited about because I feel like I've known you for kind of a long time now quite a few yeah, years like a decade yeah maybe. yeah weirdly yeah <laughs> but never met and we've never spoken we've never we've <laughs> never had a conversation so yeah this is super normal but this is like normal where i feel like um you know bts and just like having special interests can take you yeah so just to set the stage before i have you introduce yourself um you know, I am um, an author. I was more actively publishing, um, you know, kind of between 2015 and 2019. And we met on writer Twitter. And I feel as if I did to you on writer Twitter kind of what I have done to you with BTS, which is I feel a little bit, I'm going to just make this confession. I feel a little bit like Psy and you're a little bit like Yoongi. And I feel like I have like somehow like gotten you in to like hanging out with me. And then I just keep like bringing you in more and more and like fishing and pulling you in. So I felt like we like chatted a bit as writers and then reconnected over like some K-drama stuff. I told you that I was into BTS. You were kind of like, huh, that's like a good thing for you. Yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, why don't you kind of introduce yourself and say, like, kind of, like, what happened from there? So, I'm Lexi. Hi. I, yeah, so I started, we we spoke, like you said, several years ago over Twitter, writer Twitter, as you call it, which is hilarious because I've never actually finished anything, but, you know, I, I like to pretend that I do. So, yeah, we spoke and we connected over your work and just, I think, a shared worldview to a certain degree. And then more recently, I had seen that you were doing a k-drama podcast and i was watching them and i wanted to talk about it so i did but you weren't on twitter anymore so i sort of stalked you a little bit through email and then yeah we started you mentioned oh yeah i'm really into bts i was like oh that's cool you know like i've seen their videos like they're good dancers yeah you know what i celebrate you for that i'm happy for you if it makes you happy i'm glad um and then (laughs) Uh, what happened was I had a sort of transformative weekend in March. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't so much the, like, I think everybody says, oh, I just wanted to know their names. But for me, it was YouTube that really did it. I sort of knew that if I started watching the interactions of personalities, that it would probably be a, an issue. So I, I had a little bit stayed away from it. And then when I started, Oh, so you had a you already had a hunch that this could be I had dangerous. an idea, like I like the songs, I like the dancing, but I sort of kept myself at a distance by saying, you know, there's a lot of them, so and I'm old, it's gonna be hard to figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. seven, that's too many people. Now it's not enough. <laughs> but then it was too many. Um, And then, yeah, so I had a a weekend that started with me doing a little bit of YouTube watching and then that that degenerated quickly. That basically I went from a Saturday to a Monday where I just completely (laughs) lost my mind. (laughs) And it culminated with me having an emotional epiphany (laughs) in front of Save Me, the music video. 
and it's been it's been really difficult ever since to be honest it is kind of your fault because i was sort of like oh you know like i should cultivate this this you know newfound friendship and sort of so that we have common ground so you're you are and now we really do so now we definitely do (laughs) now we talk daily i talk to you more than my my husband and children about bts i mean why not though really Right. Yeah. And so I feel like I'm really happy that, you know, you are interested in starting to have some conversations, you know, like more in person, even if it's yes. virtually to like discuss this because there is, you know, so much to unpack, which is one of the reasons that yes. we've started doing this podcast. So today we're going to be talking about a very like specific thing, which is the emoji usage related to BTS, because you know, we're both newer to army life. I only have a couple months on you really where, you know, I was living a life <laughs> and like paying bills and, you know, taking my kids to sport practices. And now I know the pant size of Puck Jimin yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't intend for that to happen. No. Um, and so, yeah, you start to see a lot of these emojis related to, to the group members. And so we're going to kind of unpack that a little bit today, kind yes. of like, how did that happen? I like fun facts. I like like having questions and kind of going into different rabbit holes, which is, I think, sure. one of the reasons why BTS is so, you know, fantastic for that is because there's just like, it's just like a Swiss cheese landscape of holes to fall so into. Much. <laughs> so There's definitely so much, yeah. yeah. And so when we're talking about emojis, because this was, you know, it's kind of funny having it be emojis because I don't know if I'm an emoji user. So I was wondering about you, like... Do you feel like, you know, are you someone who naturally likes to use emojis in personal communication? Yes, no, or yes, but you don't want to admit it. <laughs> I do. I think I prefer a GIF, to be honest with you. I think they they yeah. pack more punch and they're a little bit more hilarious. I do like the sort of wince emoji, the the sort of yikes guy with the, the, the straight smile kind of thing. That I, I like yes. to use to convey specifically yikes. But otherwise, um, not really. I do it a little bit, I think, when when we chat so that I just don't say the same borderline gross words over and over again. Um, so there's that. But in, in reality, I'm not I'm not super into it. No. I don't have I don't object to them. I just don't really use them that much. Yeah, I think I got a little sensitive to it because I work on a college campus where I feel, you know, like my zennial like self just you know can get like judged sometimes and at one point I was hearing how it was like you know passe to have like the laughing face emoji and I think I was like oh I feel like maybe I've been using that too much and that was a couple years ago so I was like I really need to like lay off the laughing emoji and kind of walked away from it but now I would say really when it comes to BTS conversation it's the invisibility emoji yeah I feel like that just conveys a lot for some reason (laughs) That's true. Um, that, the melting yeah. person, the upside down smiling head, which I don't even really know what it means. It's just sort of... It's a feel... It's a mood, as yeah. the kids would say. It's mood, it's mood <laughs> AF. It describes... It really describes a lot of my feelings towards uh, BTS. So I, I also actually use that quite a bit, which I hadn't thought yeah. about. But, uh, and also yeah. a, a grave. I, a tend grave. To, I tend to bring out the grave. Graves. Death. <laughs> because... I feel like I'm dying half the time I'm, like, interacting with BTS. Yeah, yeah. Okay, do you want to, like, set the stage a little bit for kind of, like, how we arrived at this being, like, a good kind of shorter episode to kind of unpack for folks who are either just getting into BTS or maybe have been around for a little while but still kind of, like, don't really know why they do what they do? Yes, absolutely. I think one of the things that would have been very useful to me starting out would have been a kind of starter pack. It's really hard. I mean, it's not, but it can be daunting when you start really standing BTS because there is so much history and there's a lot of code almost that exists like between ARMY and BTS and it it can be really confusing. So one of the things that I struggled with was watching clips on YouTube and seeing that emojis designated members and not necessarily getting which member it was at first and also why they were used to designate them Mm -hmm. at the same time if we want to 
intellectualize it a little bit, which I think we do. I think it's a really good example of how there is a pretty symbiotic relationship between BTS, or at least what BTS puts out into the social media world and with ARMY. So I sort of thought of a few reasons that that is. So for example, the emojis, like I said, they're sort of a code, right? And the thing that codes do with the people who share them is that they create like a nice little sense of complicity. And that's a pretty fuzzy feeling with a group of, you know, seven men in their 20s who hmm. are very far away to have a sort of sense with... Look, almost oh, 30. Oh, sorry, sorry. Almost 30. <laughs> it's true. In Korean age, some of them are... Th- um, yeah, fair. I do like that. Yeah, yeah, it's helpful for me personally. And so that's that's a really nice feeling to have that sense of belonging and complicity. But when you don't have it yet, when you haven't acquired the code, it's not necessarily that useful. But at the same time, once you do, like I can send you koala, bicycle, sports car, sweat drops, sweat drops, and you'll know that I'm talking about a scene from a certain music video. Yeah. (laughs) Sexy new camp. Yes. And we will be happy about it together. So there is that. The other thing is that, you know, for international audiences and in the context of social media, it's like a really nice short version of people's names that you don't have to worry about romanization or different spellings or anything like that. It's just, you know, that this person is this emoji. And for me, the biggest thing, I think, was how it simplifies reading subtitles. Because when you read something, subtitles, official subtitles, they don't indicate who's speaking a lot of the time. And while, you know, I can tell them apart, I can't necessarily tell when everybody's talking over each other who is talking. And it's really difficult to sort of lose track if you have to look up all the time. So, and so the people the uh, really benevolent souls who go through content and subtitle it with the emojis that really helps you figure out who's speaking at any given time so the reason it's symbiotic is because i think army sort of just developed this system organically and because they needed it to simplify things but at the same time bts then adopted it because it makes sense it's a good idea and for you know basically the reasons i said above and the other good thing about it is that it changes like it doesn't stay the same it can be because the members change their minds or you know there are some of them are are changeable young men with like different moods and so they project something different at a given time and so it changes their emoji so yeah i think that's why i wanted to talk about it it seems like it could be a sort of frivolous topic but i mean like most things there's a little bit more depth there so i thought it was worth it yeah i think that's like a great metaphor for fanning for bts i feel like if you don't know you're like you know there's a lot of judgment that can happen from the outside But if you know, I feel like you're like, look, I know the secret to like constant happiness and (laughs) I don't know. Like, I don't know what else to say. If you know, you know, you know, you know, that's right. So, okay. Before we dive into, you know, the different emojis for the different members and kind of a little bit about their origin stories, I have a fun fact. Okay. So BTS has always been reasonably active on Twitter compared to other K-pop groups. It's kind of fallen away, but, you know, a couple of years ago, especially, you know, they were, if you go back and look, they were using their account quite a lot. And in 2016, they were given the very first K-pop emoji. So no other K-pop group had been given like a Twitter emoji and they got their kind of like a version of their original logo, which I've talked about already on like our first podcast, which I'm not a big fan of. And that was the bulletproof vest with BTS on the front. But this is where I think it gets funny is that it started then that anytime anyone tagged hashtag BTS, which also stands for behind the scenes, (laughs) the group would pop up. So you'll see like Justin Timberlake in like an award show or something with like a like a hashtag BTS for like it's him behind the scenes getting ready. And there's like the BTS fest popped up. And I just thought it was like this funny thing that apparently like the BTS bulletproof vest was just popping up for like a period of time (laughs) as an emoji all over like all these other random things. And that's it. That's the story. (laughs) That's like a good indication of what you're talking about. What we were saying before is that, you know, people ascribe different meanings to things and but once you're in and it's your own code and it's sort of you never think necessarily that other people are going to use it a different way like when I look at the emojis now just for the 
for the members if I see them out of context there is a second where I'm like oh is this person talking about BTS and you know they're inevitably they're not like, they're like I just like a koala and I'm in Australia they're just, they're just a normal person <laughs> they're a civilian just yeah. trying to live their life <laughs> But yeah, no, it can mean lots of different things. And honestly, even when I when I text with you, sometimes I want to say behind the scenes, which I would normally abbreviate as BTS, but don't because it wouldn't make any sense. Confusing, yeah. Yeah, so let's go through them one by one. We can talk about what's changed over time and sort of what we think... If, if we think their emojis are fitting or not. And I'm going to go in fan chant order, as always. And if you're yeah. new and you don't know what the fan chant is, I, we'll talk about it at some point, probably. Um, so let's start with uh, Kim Namjoon, or RM. So he's yeah. a koala. I saw like a few examples online of people saying that he's associated with that because he'd said in an interview somewhere that he likes them because they are calm and peaceful. But... That was all like on Quora <laughs> forums and things. Yeah, Quora, Quora is kind of like a hellscape. Especially, I will say. well, I mean for everything, but for for everything, for but BTS. really for BTS. So I there have no real source for that, um, and given my professional background, I can't approve of this. Like it has to be, there has <laughs> to be um, a real source for it. But I did start watching the making of their bt21 characters and he just started right away mm. drawing koalas and all he would say is that he thought they were cute and that people like cute things and jungkook even says uh i didn't even i didn't know you like koalas so <laughs> i don't know it seems pretty <laughs> arbitrary to me uh but at the same time like you know i just want namjoon to be happy so <laughs> If he wants, that's what he wants, <laughs> he can have it. I'm happy with it. Yeah, I mean, he, he's like, look, there wasn't anything deep and meaningful. I mean, I did, the thing is, is that I do feel like when it goes to Namjoon, I'm usually like, what's your why? Because there's usually like this deep yes. why for everything. But in this case, truly, I think that he just randomly picked a koala and that's fine. Maybe he like knew how to draw one cutely. And you know, if you watch the making of, he does. He does. So I think that's definitely part of it. And uh, it's not necessarily the kind of thing that you see for those cute little Korean characters like line friends and uh, cacao friends. So yeah, that's his explanation. So for Jin, Jin is hamster. This one also, I don't really know where this comes from i saw some speculation that it was because he used to have those sugar gliders uh which i have a problem with but that's mm -hmm. my own problem and possibly because uh, he's cute when he eats which sure but i really think that now if there was a head-on emoji mm -hmm. of an alpaca that's what we would have for him but uh there isn't one and i think it's time i think it's time that the people at yeah uh, agreed the organization that makes these emojis added that to the repertoire, to be honest. I'm going to say that out of all of the emojis for all the members, the hamster is my least favorite. And I believe that this is this fits into like my thing about Jin, which, you know, might be its own podcast at some time about how I feel like he is underrated and underrepresented yes. much of the time. And I do not think the hamster is a good reflection. I mean, no. can they act like somewhat hyperactive? sometimes sure but it's a it's just not it for me no and i mean it's just sort of seems to be the kind of thing that someone landed on and everyone went along with which yeah is yeah unfortunately a lot of the way that he gets uh treated portrayed i sound like i'm really <laughs> bitter about it i'm i'm not it's okay um i'm, but I'm I, kind I of definitely take it. your point okay <laughs> all right well i take your point um, next is Yunki, um, who is Kat. I have a lot of feelings about this. <laughs> so I went back, um, well, I went a little deep on this, and I found this um, tweet from 2017 already in the BTS account itself was using emojis to designate people. And in that, he was a mouse. Hmm. And if you Google that group of emojis with the mouse and 
horse for J-Hope, which we'll talk about. That is still like as late as like 2019, especially Korean sources. That's what's there. I think that catching might be an international army thing. Like it could be the whole little meow meow phenomenon. Um, sort of cutification of Minyugi, which I'm not 100% sure I agree with. I know you, I, yeah, I know you don't love it. I know that people do, and people are going to get upset. I don't know if they'll get upset. People might be upset. <laughs> I just don't see it. I mean, I, I get aloofness, sure, being removed a little bit from whatever situation, and the, but the cute thing, I'm not really sure. And that's not, to be clear, that's not a reflection of my feelings about Yuki. <laughs> Um, but I just don't know that that's how I would categorize him. But I couldn't figure out the mouse thing even even less. Honestly, he's quiet. Like, he's small? I don't know. I don't get it at all. He's small? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the mouse one throws me. The cat, look, I can kind of get with the cat. I don't know if, like, the little meow meow thing works for me at all. It, well, it doesn't. But, you know, now that I have a cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I observe the cat and the cat is very self-contained. Yes. And I feel like the cat is interested in what the cat's interested in. Okay. And I can, I can buy that, you know, in that case, I'm like, okay. Uh, yeah. I think it's the way I see it presented that, that is more mm-hmm. that I, I, mean, I don't take issue with it. I'm really making this sound like it's a big deal and I'm really upset about it. I'm not. <laughs> no, at night you're laying staring. I'm just so <laughs> angry about it. No, um, just these... Look, we're nerding out on this, yeah, yeah. so we're going to nerd out on it's it. It's fine. Um, just the sort of images of orange kittens frowning and then cut, and then the next slide is, is Yungi making a face. I'm like, okay. At the same time, I also have to accept that the fandom doesn't belong to me exclusively. And yeah, it's it's bringing it's the fan experience that's bringing joy for them. And you're going to find experiences that are bringing you joy that are going to be for you. Exactly. So it's probably something that I need to uh, get over at some point. (laughs) Um, But it's not just I think it's the one that really has become the most closely associated with a member as well, though, I have to say, because, yeah, you know, even the editors at Big Hit use it. Yeah, no, it's all, I would say the cat, well, yeah, no, I would say the cat, and then when we get to the two maknae, I feel like I see those a lot. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so that's the one I think I probably have the most personal, the most personal thoughts on. That's not to say that I have a better idea of what it should be, though, you know, I should probably just, like, accept it and move on. But, you know, sound off if you disagree. (laughs) Yeah, sound off and send us your meow meows. <laughs> send us your slides. <laughs> and I'll, I'll share them with yeah. Lexi until one mad. day she likes it. Yeah, or maybe it'll convince <laughs> me. Convince me. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> the next one I think is the saddest one, um, which is... This is a horrible story. It, is, it really is. So, Suk, J-Hope, he's a squirrel. He used to be, in that same tweet from 2017... He used to be, uh, he was in that one, he was a unicorn, but he's also been a horse and it's a whole thing. Um, and we sort of know that it's a sore point only because people say or have said that he looks like a horse, including Jungkook, his, his supposed fellow member and friend. It was really not a high point. For drunk cooks. No, you know, I feel like, you know, everyone has like their times of learning. And that yeah. was that was a time where like you're just not used to seeing like BTS kind of be an asshole. No. And so, yeah, that day, basically, uh, Hobie's drawing a horse and is like, you know, how am I going to draw this horse? And Jungkook's like, Hyung, do you want me to just get you a mirror? Yeah, just look in the mirror. Um, I think what really confuses me about it is that he does not look like a horse. <laughs> By any measure. I mean, I don't understand that one at all. You know, sometimes they, there's people who look a bit horsey, and it's not something I would personally use against them. Uh, but you sort of know what people mean. I don't genuinely don't see this at all. I have no idea what anyone's talking about to the point where I was like, am I deluding myself? Like, what am I not seeing here? I googled 
why <laughs> you why like don't looked Koreans... up horse like features <laughs> no i looked up like why don't koreans like horses like i didn't understand like there was this whole thing when they're creating because that's that clip that you're talking about with jungkook is when they're creating the bt21 characters mm. and he draws a horse bang um and he makes this whole when he presents it to the others he makes this whole speech about how he wants to destigmatize horses what's happening <laughs> I genuinely was like, oh, it's a cultural thing, and looked it up. No explanation provided. So I'm not sure what's happening so there. So if anyone is listening who can yes. weigh in and be like, Please. you know, we know what this means and why people don't like horses. Educate me. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know, too. Um, because, yeah. Anyways, I, I just, I don't understand it at all, but it's clearly a sore point. He is not happy when it gets said to him. And to the point where the emoji changed because it was obviously not the preferred interpretation for him. So now he's a squirrel. I don't know. It's another one where I'm like, okay, I get it. He's, he's actually like the squirrel. I feel like for me, the squirrel works well or chipmunk. I think chipmunk is better. Personally, (laughs) the emoji is a chipmunk, but if you type in squirrel, that's what you get. That's a whole other you know, I mean, I guess they're just not making a lot of, uh, <laughs> they're kind of they lumping together all small yes. rodents as opposed to like, yeah, there's I, a big I, difference. But I whatever. care about it. I, I understand that other people might not care about the distinction. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think that makes, like, it's cuter. He sort of, you know, moves quickly, <laughs> that kind of thing. Sure, I get it. But there's, that's sort of one of the examples of how the emojis can change just because someone doesn't like it. Not even that it doesn't fit which it doesn't in my estimation but he just genuinely did not like it we yeah and i would say that the chipmunk to me actually like i don't see the he he is not a horse looking person but is he a chipmunk looking person a little bit more he does have like the cuteness he is a cute man and he's got like the like the cute little cheeks the cute features um you know that being said, we know that this was the summer of Jay where he kind of shed a lot of cuteness and became like a whole other man. And like, that's a great journey for him to be on. But overall, like cute and chipmunky, like, and I mean this complimentary. Yes, yes, yes. And this whole horse and like not attractive and like wear a mask to like hide half your face. The mask I mean, is so weird. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, if we're going to pretend that like J-Hope was not a good looking man like i was like i think i even mentioned this to you i'm like then i feel like i'm shrek and need to go live in the swamp (laughs) i mean i'm not agreeing that you should um i'm just saying no but i mean like he is a he is a very good looking man it's really baffling to me that i mean it's it's almost like a man in the iron mask phantom of the opera situation where it's like he's deformed hide his face i don't (laughs) think it was that explicit but it's strange no one in that group should have their face hidden. No. Well, have you seen... You haven't seen Moon Lovers, have you? The K-drama? No. Okay. So in it, Lee Jung-gi plays, like, the fourth prince. And he has this, like, very ornate mask. And it's really, like, gives the Phantom of the Opera vibes. And then when he removes it, I was expecting, like, what what is behind this mask? And yep. he has this, like, tiny artful scar. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you know, sure. But, like, that's kind of what I feel like with this. It's like, there's, no, I mean, like, what? Like a Digita scar, like something yeah, exactly. that like, makes him look better. But those old those old masks he had to wear. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. And um, yeah. Tanya, who's a co-host on Afternoon Army, is a huge Hobie Bias fan and, you know, has lots of thoughts to share on this, too. But I just think, okay. yeah. It was strange, for sure. Um We'll have to talk about what they were trying to portray at debut at some point because it was a bit wild. Okay, well, next is a simple one, I think. It's Jimin, and he's a little chick. Again, this is the explanation that you're able to get online is that he's cute and sore chicks, which, sure. I mean, that's true. Uh, I mean, a clam is yeah, cute. Yeah, lots of things are. You know, he did say something in his most recent vlog, the bracelet making vlog, about... Yes. That was a whole... It was. Uh, he did say at one point, 
oh, because he was just uh, criticizing himself and his appearance the entire time, which is something we're going to have to address with him eventually. But he was saying, oh, I see now why you talking to us sometimes say that my mouth looks like a beak. So I think it is a thing. I think a lot of this stuff might be lost in translation. It might be things that have come sort of from K-Army and we've lost the background to it a little bit um, over time, mm-hmm. which is fine. It's, it's, I didn't do the work back then, so uh, I don't necessarily need to have all the information presented to me on a platter. But at the same time, I'd sort of like to know where some of the stuff comes from. But yeah, I mean, he's cute. He had blonde hair a lot, which was kind of yellow. He's small. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. I, I, don't, I don't think there's that much complexity behind that one. Yeah. Fluffy yeah. blonde hair and cuteness. And the, yeah, that, that beak mouth comment, that threw me. <laughs> we really, we're going to have to, I think he needs genuinely like an intervention. I'm not joking. Like, well, I, we can talk about it eventually. This is not a topic for right now, but. You know, I talk sometimes about this, you know, I have kids and I talk to them about, you know, positive self-affirmation a lot because I have like two that are moving into like the teenage spaces and that's an, that's a hard time and having time to really like, you know, what are you manifesting and you know, what positivity can you look at for yourself? Because I feel like that's like, I just want to sit down with him and be like, you are a whole person who clearly has no beak mouth and is probably one of the not only best looking people alive, just like truly like seems to radiate a lot of goodness that they somehow cannot like put back into themselves. Yes. I think that's a really um, apt assessment. I don't think that he is, um, it, it's all being radiated. None of it is bouncing back. And there are people like that. I know quite a few people who just are very good at projecting, but then, you know, there's, and I mean, look, this is where you get into the trap with BTS too, of acting like, you know, them, that they come to your house for dinner yes. on Sundays and you're like, look, I know all about them. And clearly we don't. We're like using, no. and we're aware. I think you and I are both aware that we don't know yes. them. Um, yes. But when you've absorbed, when you're really well on your way to a graduate degree in the band, I think that um, you can like just infer something sometimes as well. Yes. I think we. I can safely say that I have consumed a lot of content um, in the past six months or so. And... Uh, there are some habits that seem to die hard with them. Some of them have completely changed sort of the way they present themselves or talk about themselves, but he definitely has not and needs to, as far as I'm concerned, but that's, (laughs) I won't reproach him that that's a journey that he needs to take on his own. Yes. Um, Then I think we have, uh, we still have uh, two more. So Young. He's a tiger, but you were telling me that he used to be bear. Well, no, actually, he's more bear now. He's bear now. <laughs> like again? this is like here, yeah. There's a lot. He's a lot of things, and so I think you know yes. you kind of said that you know he isn't even really sure himself. No, and the prevailing emoji seems to be a tiger, but. You know, then I've also heard, I've heard more about the monkey, but I don't see the monkey put to him. And thank goodness for that, because I'm a hard no on the monkey, the bear and the tiger. I almost like that, like there, there's no real consensus and they both get used because I do feel like it fits within the fact that he is probably so to me, like the most changeable member and has the most duality. The duality, yeah. Um, but here's the thing. So I did a little deep diving on this one, and it Great. looked like from like 2013 to 19, he really was mostly represented by the tiger. And then he released his song, Winter Bear, and that's mm-hmm. when the tiger versus bear debate kind of began. And um, at one point, uh, Young even drew a bear-tiger hybrid, and yes. it looked like a character... Out of Napoleon Dynamite. It's, I found it quite scary. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to Jungkook's <laughs> rabbit soon, but um, yes. it was not that scary, but it was like on that end. 
Um, it, it was. It definitely looked like a kind of mutant hybrid. Like it, it, it worried yeah, me. Yeah, I appreciated though I, that he offered it out. Yes, <laughs> and it was like, yeah, thank you. No, um, and then Namjoon in a V Live basically advised Taehyung to put an end to the great emoji uncertainty and create a poll, which he did on Instagram. And in this case, the bear won with over sixty percent of the vote. Hmm. And after it won, everyone still just seemed to do whatever they want. Just like Kim Taehyung. <laughs> I think that that's a really um, good explanation for... It's a really good metaphor for him, generally speaking. Like I said, he's changeable, but he's also... Um, I think people really interpret him very differently as well. Like oh, yeah. It's not just what he puts out, it's how it's received. I see a lot of people on social media acting like he's just like the sweetest little cutie. And I just don't necessarily get that vibe from him all the time. And it is because he's changeable and he does change from one second to another on stage where you're just sort of laughing because he's being, you know, funny. And then he just gives a look and it's like, oh, I'm in trouble now. Yeah, totally. So um, I think it, yeah, I, it's fitting, I think, obviously, that it's, that it changes and that people can't really decide because 60 40 is a pretty almost even split for that kind of thing yeah so. agreed and on afternoon yeah. of delight we did like a podcast on the in the soup friendcation which is v and his wooga squad group which are a host of um you know well-known create um korean actors and then peak boy i've got thrown peak boy at the end who's you know a well-known and well-regarded musician and so anyway in the soup my friends um or my co-hosts watched it with me and they uh they they're not army and they went into it thinking um you know we kind of talked about like how did character how did these people show up versus what you expected and they expected v to show up being much more diva like which i thought was interesting Mm -hmm. because i've seen so much bts content Mm -hmm. that like of course there's a diva element but like i wouldn't say that's like Mm -hmm. the go-to like day in day out all the time um no and they were kind of shook to see him be so cute, which I thought was interesting as well. And to just kind of be the youngest member to this group and kind of be the babied one and just be sweet. And I thought that was a really interesting yeah. thing that they just had no idea because what they had seen was all just kind of like the sex demon Vogue cover, you know, tiny shorts type of thing. Tiny, tiny leather, leather shorts. shorts. Um, yeah, I can totally understand that. And I, although I would say that probably he, without being a diva, he is the most diva-like, hmm. I would say, of, of the group. Um, but it doesn't happen very often and definitely not without He's cause. the most natural I mean, celebrity, from what I would it, say. Yes, yes. That, I think that's absolutely true. Um, so it it's one of those things, like if you... I think he was also my first exposure to him genuinely was on summer vacation, which was uh, Cheushik uh, and um, Park Park So Jun mm-hmm. shows up for a while, and um, it's one of the most boring and, and fascinating reality shows. It was during pandemic, yeah. and they go to some coastal town in Korea, and there's a dog there called Poppy, and they just sort of hang out and cook. Like, there's really not much more she to it. She builds the worst dog house of all time. <laughs> it's dangerous. <laughs> it is uh, a threat to Poppy's life. Um, but while they're while they're there, they they FaceTime. Well, I guess not FaceTime because they all use Samsung, but they call. Uh, Taeyong and he comes off initially in the call the impression that I got is somebody who had no idea what was happening as a little bit like why are you calling me which I think he does say so why are you calling mm-hmm. me kind of things a little bit mm, a little bit bitchy but then uh just starts like collapses in a heap of giggles like when Ushik is singing um and playing the ukulele so um I can see sort of why they thought mm-hmm. that but then you know you get like a week deep into clips and it, that that whole impression is gone personally so that brings us to the golden boy jungkook 
Yeah. Um, let's talk about this rabbit. Let's talk about this rabbit. So he's always been a rabbit. And again, the explanation is just he's cute like a rabbit, which is, you know, whatever. Um, he's really embraced it, though. Uh, so when they're, you know, once again, I refer to this a lot and we could link it in the show notes. But when they're building their BT21 characters, some people are hesitating about what to do. He immediately just starts drawing and he's very good at art he's like quite talented so it's very easy for him to draw a cute rabbit so there's a few cute iterations and then he turns the page and there's this terrifying thing (laughs) it has like an okay cute uh rabbit head and then like a really swole man's body like a man's body it's so it's terrifying it really is it's something to behold. But I, f- I really think that part of him is like, yeah, this is me. <laughs> I know. This is who I, I am. So. I think so, too. Um, yeah, so that's his. And um, <laughs> it, 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 to me, it's worse than the Donnie Darko rabbit. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's just, it seems like, it definitely seems like it's from a nightmare. There's no question. If I didn't. <laughs> but he genuinely likes it. He likes it. If I didn't know who had drawn it, I would be concerned. Um Maybe you should be concerned anyway, but he's also like, uh, I think, quite a strange person. Um, And I think, like I said, I think he genuinely aspires to that duality to be like cute, but also very, (laughs) very, very macho. Yeah. And I think when we're saying weird, just for anyone listening at home, like we mean this as a compliment. Oh, lovingly. Absolutely. Yeah. Please. I think he's an absolute weirdo. And I mean that with all due respect. Absolutely. No, that is um, definitely uh, a compliment from me. I would never call somebody weird in a bad way, I don't think. I would use a different word, to be honest. Um, And then, of course, they've embraced it to the point of, you know, there's the famous clip from Stephen Colbert with Tang explaining what the double bunny is standing behind um, Jungkook and saying uh, it's stronger, it's more dangerous beware the double bunny fear the double bunny which is a really cute clip to be honest so it is cute i like it so that's everybody's emoji um but there's others that um you wanted to mention that are also associated i just thought i'd throw out a couple that you kind of see around sometimes um some you see more than others um so there's the purple heart which is for borhe which um you know is the i purple you that be coined which is kind of the the term of endearment between BTS and ARMY. Then there's the magnifying glass, which is a handy stand-in for um, a bangtan bomb, the light sticks that people take to concerts. And then there's one that I've seen referred to, but I haven't seen used like out in the wild, really. And those are grapes. And I guess that it, the origin story with it is that Suga has a rap in Mic Drop where there's a reference to essentially like what happens when you're trying to buy tickets for a show. And that the available tickets are often purple, like little purple balls. For me, they're blue when I buy on, you know, Ticketmaster or whatever. And then they go gray when sold. And so ARMY will often use grapes as a version of saying, like, good luck getting a butt in a seat when tickets go yeah. on sale. So, you know, if you see grapes, I guess that's, that's what, what that that's means. about. That sounds like the kind of thing that he would say um, in a yeah. song. It sounds very <laughs> on brand. Um, yeah, so... I, I I hope that um, they keep evolving in terms of the way they they represent themselves. I think it's really interesting that it does change and that army sort of respects wishes by changing, like moving away from the horse and stuff like that. And just saying, you know, uh, okay, we'll do something else. You're not into this. No problem. Um, but I don't know how much uh, Twitter is going to be um featuring going forward to be honest like they're not on twitter that much anymore Mm-mm. just birthdays really it's like a they all get on well especially because he likes routine and traditions <laughs> he hops on everybody's birthday to wish them a twitter happy twitter birthday <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's probably going to continue forever honestly <laughs> given what he's like um <laughs> yeah. you had mentioned that there was um 
Chipotle was very happy to have Jungkook mistweet about them. It was when they did the Frostwalk concert. They had a behind-the-scenes video where they served them up Chipotle, which, first of all, just made me... And, look, I'm going to say something controversial, but I'm going to be like, Chipotle's nasty, in my opinion. If you like Chipotle, you are allowed to like Chipotle. I'm allowed to not like it. (laughs) And I feel like the other wag of the finger I have with Chipotle is that they're in L.A. where there's, like, taquerias everywhere like if you wanted to get them like some like you know Mm -hmm. burrito cuisine (laughs) like there were many options exactly and instead someone's like i'm just running to chipotle so anyway it blew jungkook's mind which is great for him and he was like having everyone like oh oh come see it come see it and he kept calling it chipotle which is cute and so twitter like chipotle's Twitter handle changed to Chipotle for a time because so great is the brand power of BTS. It is cute. Same thing with the origin of Jin's favorite moniker that he likes to introduce himself throughout the world um, in English, right? Same thing. Worldwide handsome. Worldwide That's also handsome. Twitter. Yeah, so that came from Twitter, which I did not realize until I was like looking around at emoji stuff. And so that was the 2017 Billboard Music Awards. I guess there was a photo that went around of the group, and Twitter began to trend with third guy from the left, basically being like, "Who is that?" Like, I don't know if you know. Are you a Lord of the Rings fan? No, we've talked okay, about well, this in the past. <laughs> Well, I, I, I try to pretend like you are. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> and so in Lord of the Rings, do you like Flight of the Concord? Yes. Okay. So Brett features very smallly. Have we talked about this before? No. Okay. And anyone listening at home doesn't know this story, hopefully. But I think it's a fun story and it's a little bit of a deviation, but it kind of brings us, I'll bring it full circle. So in Lord of the Rings, the actor who plays Brett in Flight of the Concords he has a very small role where he is an elf. And you see him at a scene, a pivotal scene, where everyone in Middle Earth is fighting over, like, who's going to, like, go and, like, get this, like, bring this ring to Mordor and destroy it and, like, save the world. Because it's a very dangerous mission. So the elves and the dwarves and the men are all fighting. And then the little hobbit, Frodo, played by Elijah Wood, steps up and is like, I'll do it. I'll save everyone. And at that point, as he says it, Brett the elf is standing right behind Frodo. And there became this Twitter movement calling him Figwit, which is Frodo is good. Who is that? <laughs> because he was oh like this like hot elf just randomly in the background yeah. and figwit became so popular that peter jackson put him in the next couple of um lord of the rings and he even has a couple of lines that he says to um live tyler's character at one point <laughs> oh wow and has no like a idea. credit now as figwit <laughs> like that became the name of the elf so such is the power such, such is, is the, the power. power so bringing it back third guy from the left is much like figwit and that people saw this group and they were like, dang, who is that third guy from the left? And the way that, you know, the king himself, our noted llama enthusiast and uh, all day gamer, Kim Suk Jin, the way he kind of dealt with that, like, Oof, yeah. thing, which is, oh, so amazing. And I love him so much for it is he kind of created this like bigger boundary to kind of go with worldwide handsome, where it was kind of a joke. But he's been able to lean into it a lot and I think have this like kind of persona he can do that like feels safe to him. He can kind of slip into that being like, that's not really who I am, but it's like this persona. And I feel like it's such an amazing way and such a very emotional, healthy way to deal with fame. Yeah. And I think it fits really well with his approach to just eating and gaming and sort of continuing to do the things that he likes and wants to do. Um, but reframing it maybe a little bit for, uh, for the audience. And, uh, he, he's great for it. I think that he, um, no notes, no notes for Jim on that. I have to say. Yeah. And is he a good looking man? Yes. Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. (laughs) Yes, it's true. All right, so that kind of sums up kind of the emoji and then some side side journeys off into kind of like where Twitter has kind of like taken some, and, and created some of these things that have become like more standardized army talk, like Worldwide Handsome. 
Exactly. It's the kind of thing that I really like to look into, and I hope it was uh, borderline interesting (laughs) to listen to, but all kinds of stuff that sort of creates a sense of mutual understanding between the object of attention and fans, I think is great, especially when there's a rich tapestry behind it. So I love looking into it. What would be, you know, I think that one thing we're doing to close out all the shows is just kind of like, what's a song you've been listening to a lot? And so in this case, you know, is there a BTS song that you find yourself kind of tracking towards more than others in the last, you know, couple of weeks? And it could be something from like the whole group or it could be a mixtape. It really doesn't matter. So right before this, actually, I listened to uh, Sexy Newcomb again because it's such a banger. It's so good. It is. So I'm really, I really am loving that song. Of all the sort of um, collab releases recently, that's to me the one I like the most. And the other thing I have been listening to that I think is underrated, to the point that Jungkook doesn't know what it is, even though he sings on it, uh, is Heartbeat, which is BTS World soundtrack. I don't even mm. really know what BTS World is. I think it's a game soundtrack song. And I really like that song. I think it's a quality uh, sort of B-side. But yeah, when uh, Jungkook was doing his like usual Norbang, he was asked to sing it and he didn't know what it was. So that's like not a great sign, but I I like it. <laughs> so, all right. Well, this was fun. It went much longer than I expected I it to. But you know what? That's, that's fine. Okay. That's what happens. Okay. And yeah. I think that you know, hopefully you enjoyed this and that we yeah. can keep enticing you to come back and unpack more of BTS and the fan sure. experience. I would, I would love to. Thank you. All right. So um, I think that's it for us today. So this is Leah closing out with guest host Lexi today. Yep. Until next time, Bora Hey. <laughs> Can't get enough of BTS? Neither can we. So between shows, why don't you hop on over to at Afternoona Army on Instagram and join the conversation. Want to show us support as a newer podcast hitting the scene? Share the love by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And last but certainly not least, don't forget to check out the other pod in our network, Afternoona Delight, for K-drama deep dives from three romance authors with new episodes every Wednesday. <laughs>